this is Desi and welcome back to my podcast, Candle in a Dark Room. So today we are going to discuss labels, bullying, and stereotypes. I think it's such a big thing in our society to be putting labels on people. And for me, I've been labeled always as a victim my entire life. And I've always hated that And because for me, when I see myself now, I see myself as a survivor, not a victim. So when people hear my story, that's kind of the first thing they go to is you're the, a victim of sexual assault. And that's you know really hard for, for me to kind of accept. Um, so today I actually have some special guests. The first one is Valerie. She was an only child in a very religious Hispanic home. And the Hispanic culture is kind of blunt, different, (laughs) critical, and don't have a filter. And so that's what she has dealt with. And so we're going to just talk about kind of the effects it has had on her and even to this day has had on her now that she's an adult and a mother herself. And then I also have my mother here, Deanne. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Um, I have her on here because I thought it would be really interesting to hear her perspective of labels. You know, being a parent of a child who's been through trauma, they get put in a box of certain labels that people put on them. And that's something she's still to this day, especially with me coming out with my podcast, people put those labels on her. And I kind of just want to hear her side and not even just with my specific incident, but her entire life. So yeah, welcome to my podcast, guys. Hi. Hi yeah, it's interesting that you say that because Val and I, when this podcast came out, she's actually, because we work together, saw how directly it affected me. And, mm-hmm. and so that will be, it's kind of perfect that she's the other guest here. Exactly. Too. Well, if I wanted something to kind of, everybody could relate. You know, we all are Hispanic. We all have dealt with <laughs> that. Well, I think any Pretty. culture that's very, very strong culture, uh, whether it's, Hispanic or Polynesian or, or mm-hmm. you know, religion, whatever, anything that you have like a strong root to, sometimes mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure and you get labels if you don't fall mm-hmm. right exactly into that category. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, kind of you've had that, right, Val? So uh, first I'm going to actually have you, Val, <laughs> if you want to like introduce yourself sure. and just start off by telling your story and what you've experienced. Yeah. I mean, I, I when you invited me to this podcast, I thought to myself, where do I start? <laughs> because I think we've all experienced labels in our lives. Um pressure from our family in some regard. I mean, like you said, I grew up as an only child in a very Mormon religious family and very Hispanic. Like you said, my mom's from Argentina. My dad's from Cuba. They were both immigrants coming here. Um, So our first language in the home was Spanish. I learned English in school and uh, my parents divorced when I was two. So, I mean, I, I just grew up feeling very different and weird. And you kind of grew up on the east side, too. I grew is... up on the east side, which is basically your quintessential, you know, Stepford mom, suburbia life with these Caucasian. perfect little family, Caucasians with like five kids mm-hmm. and this happy marriage. And then there was mm-hmm. me and my mom in this house and speaking Spanish. <laughs> and I had no siblings. And so um, I always felt like the weird one. I always And I think I labeled myself that more than anything because Mm -hmm. you always look sideways or you look around you and you want to, you just want to fit in. Right. And I just never Especially, And I think when you label yourself, it's easy for other people to attach the same label to it. Or you start morphing into the label that you've. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. You become that because, oh, I'm weird. So 
I'm going to act weird because I feel uncomfortable because yeah. I think people think I'm weird because I think I'm weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it just ends parents. up being kind of cycle of that. And mine, I feel like, in, like for sure, speaking Spanish, for example, I mean, it's such a gift to be able to be bilingual. Mm-hmm. I see that now. Right. Back then, I was really embarrassed about it because my friends would be like, say something in Spanish. Like, I was the <laughs> monkey. Like, it was just there to entertain yeah. them. So to rebel against that, I would make up words and make them, like, say stupid words. I'm like, those idiots don't know they're not saying anything in Spanish. Because yeah. I just felt like... I like would push it away and I was embarrassed by it. Or if my parents would talk Spanish around me in front of my friends, I wanted to die. Like those type of things. I never wanted to embrace my culture at that time because I didn't want to be different. Different. Mm-hmm. And I regret that now. You yeah. know, I'm, I, I'm so kind of ashamed with myself for being so embarrassed at where I came from and mm-hmm. what my culture was. And that's just one of the many. Then there's the only child thing. Um, I didn't like that I didn't have any siblings. I was always so jealous of the kids that had their siblings to go home to. It was pretty lonely. Yeah, it's I really can't lonely. imagine. Yeah. Got my sister. Um, and then just the whole dynamic of my dad would pick me up on the weekends. I was the only freaking kid that I know that my dad would pick me up on the weekends. I didn't get to play with my friends because I'd go with my dad. Mm-hmm. Ironically, at that time in my life, when I was younger, the only sense of belonging and community I did have was the LDS church. Mm-hmm. Because obviously I had friends in the ward and I had those neighbors and we all had the same you know, beliefs. And so that's how I developed friendships and felt some type of normalcy because mm-hmm. I was belonged to something that everybody else belonged right. to. Outside of that, that was pretty much it. You know, you, you fast forward to now where I've now left the church. I left the church kind of slowly evolved out of it, probably starting in my mid-teen years. I just started questioning it. It just didn't make sense for me after a while. And now I'm the only person in my entire family, extended cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, you name it, that's not in mm. the church. Oh, wow. And so... Now I feel like a different kind of black sheep. I cannot escape yeah. this black sheep label yeah. to, to save my life. Because now it's more I feel left out with my family. It's just awkward. If I go to family reunions, I know everyone's staring at us. I know there's judgment. I know there's disappointment. There's another label. Yeah. I'm a disappointment. And it's hard. And even in my neighborhood, like my entire, the majority of my neighborhood is Mormon. That's how I feel. So, like it's so, it's hard. It's hard because my kids are the only like yes. little brown kids and yes. they have legit parents. Heather kids would come play and Presley was playing with a little girl the other day and a do- mom came and got her and like, yep. didn't even look at it. She just got her daughter and walked away. Like we were like, some you're like crazy some mutants people. Like, yeah. yeah like aliens. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. I, and Layla, she, my, my oldest one, she, um, ironically, she has blonde hair and blue eyes, you guys, but she's my kid. <laughs> so she didn't take first. the brown jean from me, but she went over to a neighbor's house to play. And I was so excited that she was invited finally and included. And she came home a little bit later and I'm like, why'd you come home so early? She's like, well, they were asking me if I was Mormon and I didn't know what that was. And so they told me I couldn't play anymore. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I didn't know that no. was still a thing. The amount no, of rage. I'm mm-hmm. like, do I, do I walk over there? I'm That's like, how I felt when they got pressed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you oh, want to go talk really? to them? I'm like, are you crazy? That's missing out on a good person but because that's still of something a thing. like that. Yeah. Because I remember, we know how we were talking, me and Bob were talking about earlier, certain things in your life that probably weren't that big of a deal, but they were totally shaped you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't know how old I was. I was probably about six or seven. This is the 70s. Yeah. You. And dang, I'm old. And um, <laughs> I remember coming home, and my mom remembers this, and I, I'll wait again. And, and to be clear, we live in Utah, so obviously our experience is with the LDS church. It's yeah, nothing, there could be. There's, I know there's amazing, so I have amazing LDS others. friends. Right. But um, oh, yeah. this, we're just talking about our experiences, what we have. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that's what it is. Right. So I came home, and I was crying, and my mom was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I can't play with so-and-so because her mom sent me home because she said I was dirty. 
Oh, mm. you told me that yeah. story. And I, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, and I was like, my mom. And I remember oh, my mom was like, Yeah, well, when I, and I already told you this, as mom, that when I was in high school, I went to a high school that's very white and mm-hmm. in Utah. And I had a really good friend, and I went to her house, and she was raised by a grandma. And she oh, yeah. told me that I had to leave. And I didn't understand why. I used to always wear a cross around my neck because my dad gave it to me after all my stuff came out. And she, I, I left. The next day, my friend came to school, and I said, why did your grandma make me leave? She said, because you were Satan's child. She <gasps> called you Satan's child because, one, you were wearing a cross, and because you were brown, that you won't be allowed in heaven. And so she doesn't oh want you there. Oh, my gosh. And I was in high school, like 10th grade. And, and you experienced I racism. Never, I mean, right. you did. And I honestly, Crazy. I think that's like my only... Like, at least the memory that I remember that, that that's ever happened to me before. Like, I've had, you know, people yeah. give me looks, but never say anything yeah, like same. that. Yeah. And I legit remember being like, I'm, am I not going to go to heaven because I'm not, not white? Yeah. And, like, thinking white those Mormon. things. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I have, like, my, my neighbors right next door. They're amazing. And they've ha- I've never passed judgment. And then I have neighbors in my neighborhood that won't even look at me. Yeah. So, or look at us. So, I that's totally crazy. understand. That feeling, you, you really start to, you don't want to buy into that, but you start to question yourself. Right. It makes you, people you really that say do. there's no, and there's this something is really wrong. a whole other podcast, but when people say, oh, well, there's no racism nowadays, you know, you oh, hear no. that. But it's, it's like, like, no, it's I'm so today, sorry <laughs> that there is. Yeah. And I'm, that's a you know, whole you're lucky you haven't experienced yeah. that. Yeah, yeah no, it's hard, and, and you know, but as it I'm, exists. As having kids now growing up in that same situation, I'm they're growing up in the opposite of what I grew up in, which is they're different because they're not Mormon, where right. I was different because of the things I listed. My whole like laundry yeah. list of reasons why why I was different, but now I just struggle with. It's like I'm always trying to run away from being different. I'm mm-hmm. like I've I've gotten better, and I, I've obviously embraced my culture. I love my culture yeah. so much. I'm so proud of where I came from. I'm so mad that there was ever a moment where I wasn't proud of that. Right. Like yeah. I'm more mad at myself. But for you that. didn't know. You didn't I didn't. Know I just wanted to fit in. I wanted uh, to be. Every I wanted kid. my name to be Stephanie. I wanted to have blue eyes and blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. That was and curly. Like that was all the rage in the eighties. And 80s. skinny and super skinny. Yes. Which is a whole other label. That's a whole other thing. Back say, in the seventies, eighties. Oh, and I guess in, when you were a kid too. Yeah. Size zero. Size Three. Oh yeah, curves. Like, saying no curves, no, no thighs. Thank you, Kim Kardashian. Now, right? thank you, Jenner's the and the Kardashians. One thing we can thank yes. the Kardashians <laughs> for is that. No, no it's one. true because nowadays yeah. people tell me, "Oh, you have the, the body that people pay for," mm-hmm. but I still hate it uh-huh. because of just what you I grew up at. Because you're programmed, right? Am you're pro- I programmed for, for it to be wrong? There's that book, The Mastery of Love and the Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the name of the author. Anyway, it's yeah. really good books. But Master Live talks about how when you're young, you're in the moment you're born, you're pro- you, the programming begins mm-hmm. of what you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to look like and what you're supposed to be and what society's embedding into your little innocent mind of what it's supposed to be, which yeah. is mm-hmm. just such a small little glimpse of like what the world is. Yep. Like it's just this little perception. They're born perfect. And our, I think we were all, all three of us were programmed mm-hmm. in the way we grow up that you need to be super skinny Blonde was beautiful. Um, you Hair know, and makeup done all the time. Everything. Always on fleek. Like you don't go out in public in sweatpants. Like uh-huh. you know, you have to keep yourself looking a certain way, yep. or else you're going to be. I judged think that's by also, it. and I don't want to stereotype the the Latin culture at all, but I think we can all relate to that. Like well, it's the right. image, it's image is what you look like. My grandma was always dressed up, always had her makeup on. She yes. always. My mom's this. My mom's so obsessed with her weight and what she looks like. Yeah. And so of course I develop mm-hmm. those same paranoias and those same obsessions. Yeah. Because, well, like, I grew up Pentecostal. It, Pentecostal in a Spanish Pentecostal. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and no, literally, it was it was like that too. You you on Sundays it was like, what is she wearing? What yeah. is she not wearing? When I got pregnant, 
um, I met my Desi's dad in church and we were like, we, I was, we were both good kids, you know, whatever. And we were dating all through high school and, you know, very judgmental. And when I got pregnant, um, we had to get up in front of the church and, you know, <gasps> tell everybody what we did. And we, he never asked me to marry him. I never, you know, we, yeah, it was just, expected. we had, was it, we all said in the ladies of church, which, you know, God bless them. They're amazing <laughs> they people. Well. Yeah. That's their programming. Yes. And they <laughs> were, you know, to save my soul and his soul. Yeah. We got married and the wedding was done within, you know, I think within a month and a half or something. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was very, very, very judgmental. Um, what you were wearing, what you weren't wearing, mm -hmm. uh, all of that stuff. So, you know, again, these are our experiences. Like, that's just how we grew up. But I think right. definitely there is something to that, to the religion thing, not yes. just Mormon, but no, any religion, any extreme and culture. belief system, mm -hmm. whatever that is, yep. can really put a lot of pressure yeah. on someone. Yeah, like I just remember, and I remember just talking about our, our little stories, but we're talking more about weight. Mm -hmm. I was always under the mag, what is it, the magnifying glass? Magnifying glass, thank you. I'm like, the magnet. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, I felt a lot of pressure. My mom was like, let's go on a diet together, which to me was something like, hey, you're getting fat. Like, let's do <laughs> right. this. And my grandpa, because my grandparents lived with us, they came here from Argentina when I was about 13, 14. And the irony is my grandma's that your quintessential Latin grandma that wants to feed you every five minutes. Yes. But then you gotta be skinny. you're fat. <laughs> right. So why are you fat? Oh, by the way, do you want another empanada? Yeah. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we're, I think you have these pivotal memories that aren't any, they don't have to be this big dramatic thing, but they're the one little memories that you remember. And That's I was just sick telling you. you guys, yep, that I formed you dinner as a family. You. I think it was like, a, it was like a, some buffet. Which isn't Latin people like what buffet? What yeah. were we thinking? <laughs> my grandparents were old and all about yeah. it at that time. Anyway, yeah. yeah, went went round two for my plate. You yeah. know, got a second round and and sat down. And I looked over at my grandpa, and he had this horrified look on his face. And he's like, "No, you should not be eating another plate of food." And it was like record like yeah. the entire family just like looked at me because it was this awkward moment. And I, oh my gosh, I ran into the bathroom and started bawling. It was like the most awkward. And again, nothing. This it was just a comment that's made to me all the time. Like you probably, and you probably didn't think anything was wrong. Nope. Like why are you crying? Like, no, like, what, I have no what, idea. Yeah. Well, to piggyback on that, don't you think that? Again, I can only speak up from our experiences, but I think Hispanic older culture men <laughs> were very funny about us being my dad always had to, we always had to have too. our finger fails, fingernails painted mm -hmm. um we were very my dad never would call us out like he was always the most supportive amazing person but we weren't my mom and dad both like we never went out like in our jammies or yeah. we were always you it was all about yes is that a latin thing you think maybe um it was more on my mom's side than my dad's for sure so maybe certain ones my dad didn't care so much but it was more about just what your weight and what you like if oh. you're pretty or not yeah and it's yeah, to this day, and it makes me so defensive for my mom because she has she struggled with her weight her whole life. But my dad, who's was married to her for what three years, yeah, and remarried now to a great lady. She's my stepmom. They've been married like what twenty six yeah. years. Anyway, it's to this day, every time I talk to him, so has your mom lost any weight? Your mom's still fat. Is she losing any weight? I'm all dad. You don't ask and those I feel questions. This, like, and at the moment, the first time he was would ask me that, I'm like, yeah, she looks great. I get like yeah, all defensive. She's so skinny. He's not gonna see her. Have you seen Selma Hayek? She looks just like, like her. Yeah, just, yeah, I would feel this like need to lie, and I'm like, does it? Why does it matter? And now yeah. I feel this kind of defensiveness over my girls yeah yeah because the thing that the labels that they're getting now that they don't notice yet because they're too young but i'm noticing it is they'll We've be like layla's so beautiful and lives so cute 
And mm-hmm. yes, okay, but and they're not. And Liv is going to pick up on that. Where my sister's the pretty one, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Right. Because everyone is so beautiful, and, and she's going to think so that blonde hair, blue yeah. eyes is what t- d- differentiates I them. I see it happening. But yeah. I can see it, it before my eyes. Stays with them forever. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she's going to stick. She's gonna start realizing that that's what people are putting your ass, and she's always her self confidence. She's is gonna going be to shocked. live and breathe by that, right? Just having any time you don't feel pretty, or you have a, a day where you question that, it, it destroys you yeah. because that's been your label your whole life. Especially right? when it's a sibling, I think that that's yeah, hard to compare. Well, look at the well, labels, you guys. That's why, like, you talking about that makes me think. Because my boy, it's so funny. I think I've told you guys. All my kids think that the other one's the favorite. If you yeah, ask Des who's the favorite is, Anthony's the favorite. If you have Anthony's the favorite, Cave's the favorite. That's Cave. Desi's the favorite. They all think the other's the favorite. <laughs> and they I think these labels that they've all put on each other. Of like Anthony was the golden child. You mm-hmm. guys used to always be like, oh well Anthony's the golden child. Yeah, and I and say, Kaden's the baby. Kaden's the spoiled baby. Spoiled baby. And I'm the troubled child. No, but those I are think I've always you- been considered that though. Like it's oh my sister. She has it together now, but she's a mess growing up. I'm always yeah. getting, oh, but when oh, when you were that age or when you were younger, you were so hard and you were, you know what I mean? I get that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think even with my kids, my son, as we all know, is my my little bit harder child. He, he makes <laughs> like, how me, do I say it? I don't know how to I'm say it. He said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the one who keeps me on my toes. And I love his personality and it's going to be amazing for him. Right now, it's just a little harder. Yeah. Presley, on the other hand, is my cute little petite little thing, and people are constantly pointing that out about mm-hmm. her. She's so cute and little, and yep. you know, beautiful, and this and that. And Cruz is, you know, a little more wild, and he's not a tiny little guy. He's big for his age, and so people it, they just I, say you it. know put say it, and they, they don't, do. and they, they and realize that's no, you know, it makes me do it. Think, like I'm thinking, have I? Like the other day he came to me and one of his cousins had teased him about being chubby and that breaks my heart because he's like, no, mom, I can't wear that because I have a chubby tummy. Mm, and I'm like, no, I always try to like embrace it, but yeah, it's but so he's going to catch up on it. And it's also hard in that aspect because you want him to be healthy. And, and that's what I tell him, the exactly. overweight child either. So you're kind right. of like, how do I balance where so I'm the way we use it right now is we tell him. We don't care what you weigh. I always tell them this. I don't care what you weigh or what your tummy looks like. Mm-hmm. I said, as long as you're healthy and you make healthy choices, that's all that matters. Yeah. We, you know, we go exercise, we do yeah, sports, do the healthy. things like that. Yeah. And so now he'll come up to me, mom, I had broccoli for dinner, so I ate healthy. They, even though he had a cheeseburger on the side. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. He had broccoli. And he'll oh, figure it out eventually. It. It's, but it's, it's rampant. I don't think it's going anywhere. And that's kind of the scary thing with just society. I mean, right. the, like Layla's the tall, skinny one. She's like my husband, like just tall and skinny. That's just mm-hmm. what she's going to be. And, and platinum Liv, blonde. It's yeah. Right. And I've even said, Oh my gosh, Layla's gorgeous. Yeah, everybody gorgeous. says and it. I, and granted she is, she's beautiful. I mean, I'm biased. But so she's is Liv kid. though. I think Liv's beautiful, uh-huh. but I'm her mom. Right. And she's just going to look different than her sister. She I just feel like Liv is little. little. She's, she's still me and she's got like little chunky legs and it drives me nuts because Everyone says it, so it's not. I'm not mad at anyone for no, it because it's it's what they're saying. It is right, and like I'll even take them to daycare. And oh my, our sweet beautiful Layla. And, oh, Liv, look at Liv. Liv has that gymnast body, those like thick legs. And I'm like, bro. Like, yeah. And <laughs> hey, that's a compliment. Like yeah. gymnast, muscly, whatever. But like, I just I how know she how that's can going interpret to go. She's oblivious right. now. Yeah. It's like, haha, yeah. Yeah, but whatever. when she gets older, how she? Oh, interpret. I cringe because I've been hurt. I've been there where they point out these things and you're instantly. It's the off the cuff remarks that I think as a society we all. And even having this conversation, I'm thinking, oh, oh my gosh, I've said so that. Or I've been like, right. I've said things, little things like without even, no, never thinking any it. different. Yeah, so I, I can think it make me be a little more careful. Mean ill will most of the time. They really most of the don't. Time. 
Um, even our family members, when they point, I don't think anyone's like, I'm going to make her feel like crap right now. Yeah. It's just, it just, it's like word vomit. We yeah. all do it. We all think it. And it's like, now, now you're like, I've been thinking, what have I done? And then maybe that's the, the call to attention thing. we need. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, when have I done that? And maybe need to be mindful about my own kids. Like, oh, she's the funny one. She's, it's not even just weight or looks. It's right. the funny one, the smart one, the good one, the bad one. Well, the, I was always yeah. the naughty one, the, you know, you know mm-hmm. the, I used to always call myself because you kind of label yourself you because do. you want other people. Well, they're going to label me anyway, so I'm going to call myself out totally first. Eminem. So I'd always be, yes, we would Eminem. That's what we about call it. <laughs> when how Eminem called himself out in, on and the rap battle. Mile and the rap battle. Yeah. So that so, the guy could call him out because he called yeah. himself out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we all were always like, just Eminem. Just Eminem. It's our language. I, you know, and I got healthy and lost a lot of weight. I, I've lost probably close to 100 pounds over mm-hmm. the past 15 years. Right. But I was always the, I used to call myself the BFF, the big fat friend. I did. Yes, yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm crazy. the BSF, I'm the big fat friend, because I thought, well, I'm fat, so I want to call myself out on it. So no and one so, else can so yep. protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Protect myself. And so I was always the funny one with the hood personality, the funny, you know, whatever friend. And it's funny because now, and I know you guys both can account to it, I am very funny about what I eat and mm-hmm. very always trying to lose 10 pounds mm-hmm. and always, and I worry about the effect, and I, I'm very aware of it. Because I see Desi doing the same thing, and I'm like, oh, yep. I, that's because of me. I put yep. that on her. Not intentionally. No, I've never told Desi No, not died. intentionally at all. But seeing you always having the Exercising, thought process of, yep. yeah, I have to lose weight. I have to do this. And even like my grandma. And the, the, that's the thing is it becomes like a cycle, like you said. Yeah, just kind of like good, a cycle. Yeah, just the circle of life. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, my, <laughs> like my grandma is, you see her to this day. My grandma's, I don't know, how old is she? In her mid-60s. And girl still wears high heels that every day. my grandma. Yeah. yeah. Makeup, Makeup done to hair. a T. Hair done to a T. Yep. Nails always on yep. fleek. Like, but that's how she always was about her weight. So she taught my mom that. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was always like, I'm overweight. I need to lose weight. I need to do the mm-hmm. next, you know, and, and special and diet and starve myself. And then that's how I kind of was like, okay, you can't, you can't be that way. So now, and I did have, I've always been very curvy and I've always struggled with my weight going up and down. And so... Whenever I get past a certain thing on the scale or a certain size or anything, I panic. And I even to this day. I'll see those when I do. Oh, yeah. Like we, and I think we all do that. We panic my anxiety and like, oh my gosh, I have to starve myself in the next three days to lose that five pounds I gained last weekend. Because we live and breathe by that label. And, but we need to be careful because my mom didn't intentionally need to teach me that. And my grandma, right, didn't mean to teach my mom that, but we're learning it. By example. By example. And my daughter is super teeny, like I said, small for her age. That could change But that could change, you know, Mm -hmm. next year where she is like her brother and has a little bit thicker legs. Cruz is always teeny And Yeah, Cruz all of a sudden just one day got in a growth spurt and his body is just still trying to catch up to it. But my daughter is, you know, like I said, the tiny one and she's known as that. So as soon as she starts gaining weight. She's going to freak out. She's going to freak out. And, and so that's why for me, me, I'm really careful about, I never weigh myself in front of her yeah, ever. If I do, I'm like, okay. And I, I'll make a positive comment. Even though I'm dying inside, yeah. I make a positive comment. I'm like, come on, let's see how much you, oh, you're getting Even so though you're like, this thing's broken. Let's <laughs> see how much you weigh. You're getting so big. You know, try to make it a positive experience. Because again, it's something that's such an easy thing for kids especially with looks and weight oh, to it's keep nuts. those labels will not go away. I can teach people that I'm not a victim anymore. I can try to change that by you know, the things I say, the mm-hmm. things I do, whatever. But when you fill those labels yourself, mm-hmm. if I'm sitting here calling myself a victim, yeah. how am I going to defend that? 
Right. How am I going to be able to defend somebody else calling me that? Sure, you know sure. I mean? And it's they the don't go away. I was always, I was the live. For example, I was, my sister was always the skinny, pretty, and you know, and I always heard about it from my mom and dad, that's you know. So Again, not intentional. No, of course But not. she was always, and that's why I even told Ray. I, so I started making a joke about it and be like, uh, our bosses likes to tease us a lot, which again is a whole nother <laughs> podcast. But um, I would always like my sister got the beauty and I got the brains like joking around. And because that's she's always right been mm-hmm. beauty brains. She's always been to me, again, in my mind, the label I've always given her, she's the pretty, skinny, pretty one. And I was always the chubby, you know, funny one or the smart one or whatever. And so again, those labels don't go away from right. being a kid and you mm-hmm. have to change those. Well, and the thing mm-hmm. is, is like you say that that happened with you, but auntie has told me herself that that label for her, she doesn't like the I'm the pretty. Well, it puts I'm the pretty on her. one. I'm the well. She's also smart. She's also has a good yeah, career. Exactly. She's also she's not just the pretty one. Yes. She's super smart as well and successful and mm-hmm. things like that. My mom is too. My mom's. I think my mom is beautiful. And my you know I've had boyfriends. I, everyone thinks my mom is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Stop. It's and, true. I'm and, gonna stop one more. <laughs> for real, like everyone thinks my mom is beautiful, but she's also has a, a super smart. Yeah, very successful. Is always taking care of herself Loyal, and her family. Funny, we didn't put those labels creative, on ourselves. Someone right. else gave us exactly. Those labels. And so you're over here like, oh, well, I have this label from my sister, where she feels the same way, mm-hmm. and you both Crazy. hate the labels that you that you guys. I think have anybody likes to be labeled anything because mm-hmm. we aren't just in this little box of one or two things. Like right. we really are such. Then if you want to go outside of that label, it, it seems. It's hard because then you think, well, that's not my label. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels weird. It doesn't feel normal. Yes. Like you don't right. get comfortable in your labels, which yes. is terrible, but yes. you just kind of settle in. Well, it's kind of like I posted know. the other it's day easy. on my thing, like, again, with the victim. It was comfortable. It yeah. was comfortable to be a victim. Yep. And so it's all I knew. Yep. My hand tight, you know, for as long as I can remember. And you would get attention from it, whether it be positive right. or negative. That's the other thing. And that's the when I realized, I was like, why am I okay with this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I had to give you some tough love the other day. Yeah, and I felt really bad after. But that's okay because sometimes <laughs> I, it is easy, especially when you're, you know, you're recovering from trauma, to go back to that mentality. It's easy. Whether it's, it's victim, sure. whether it's not. You regress so when, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when something triggers it, you're, you can't help but be like, oh my gosh, I'm a victim again. Not necessarily trying to do that to yourself, but that's what comes back because it's comfortable. It's a safe place. Yes. And that's where you're safe. So Val, you said, you know, so with the whole labeling thing with yeah. your family, how about bullying? I remember you kind of mentioning stuff about being bullied as, as you were younger because you are curvy and have big boobs and things like that. Like, yeah. how was that? Um, that particular topic, the boobs and the curves and stuff, it was... Which, by the way, Val's body's perfect. I'm yeah, she's not thick at all. She <laughs> just has boobs. Like, that's no. really it. It's funny because I'm going to segue for just a sec, but my husband, you know, obviously likes curvy girls. He likes right. booty and boobs and thighs and thank God because he <laughs> married it. He locked it in. Um... But he was just trying to be cute and flirty with me. And he was like, oh, you're thicker than a snicker, babe. And I was, I wanted to kill him. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> no. Don't you say that to me. He's like so thrown off. He's like, what in the world? Don't, like, this is a curvy like candy bar. Yes. And it segued me back to, I, I don't know if I could ever accept that thighs and Someone say boobs snicker? and and thighs and butts are in. That like, that's it's okay. so hard I love yes. that it is, but it, we were I love about it, too. It. I love it because around it. I can't yeah. embrace it. My own husband's like... He's so flirty. He's, he's thinking. No, Nate tells me that all the time. I want to kill him. I'm all, yeah. tell me I'm skinny. Don't <laughs> tell me I'm thicker than a snicker. Lie to me. Yeah. yeah. 
exactly. No, that's what exactly I, from Nick all the time. Like, because I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, I hate the way I look. I've got, okay. you know, back fat or I've got my sides, I've got my butt, my legs, you know. Apart, this is like yeah. the first year I've worn shorts because I, I never felt comfortable shorts in shorts. I know. But it's it. And that Nick always tries to tell me, like, babe, people want to look like yeah. you. But I, I see my mom it. said, I can't accept that. The programming is not a deep Programming anywhere. embedded it's in our brain. We can't even take compliments. Mm-hmm. Like, genuine compliments. No, no we it's weird. It makes you uncomfortable. And we awkward. actually have a thing at work that her friends started a long time ago. But when we say something negative about ourselves, <laughs> we have to have a safe word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, if I something can... funny that would make you laugh, you know, yeah. so we're all well, like, I think it all so fat. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Mm-hmm. It's well, just I like thought it was from the word. song Love Yourself. Because his song Love Yourself. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even put Oh, that I've always thought that. I just thought Justin Bieber was the most random thing you can <laughs> no, say. And I was like, love silly. Yourself, you know? But <laughs> that was just like, Justin Bieber. Yeah. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to my friend. You know? Um, but your the boob thing you were talking oh, about. Sorry, side No, no, you're fine. This was more less. I, I mean, it is a form of bullying if you ask me. But I, I was sexually harassed a lot. Mm-hmm. And when you get boobs, especially at an early age, I don't know if you guys did. I, I did. did. I was, I was same in thing fifth grade to me yeah. on the bus. I remember. And all my friends had nothing. So like barely in training bras. Maybe I had to go straight to like a regular bra. You're like straight become. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and I would forget to wear my bra sometimes because it. I swear it was like overnight. All of a sudden I had boobs. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I would forget sometimes. And I remember. This was in elementary school, but this boy came up to me. Obviously, they're kind of poking through my shirt, and I'm not, I'm not used to that being a thing yet. Your rose buds, you need to cover <laughs> your rose buds. Yeah, yeah. He, mine were bigger than that. But <laughs> he came roses. up and flipped my boob, like just uh-uh. flipped it. No. And he's like, ah, you forgot to wear a bra, and like ran off. I, you guys, died. I am dying for you. As uh, so a that's seven how year old started. Girl, there was seven. like the beginning of the hate of my new body. And then you kind of evolve into like high school and stuff, and I and I just was very sexualized. And I know that sounds oh no, you poor thing, but, yeah, no, but really like that's a label. I was very sure not having. comfortable in my body. I wasn't having sex. In fact, I didn't lose my virginity to my twenties. Like I waited. I wasn't sexually active, but I was treated like I was because of what I looked like. Right. And so guys would just assume. Almost like treated me kind of like a slut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I know that sounds crazy. She has boobs, so that means she's a slut. I mean, cat that. calls inappropriate. Like they would like bump into me and like try to touch me, and like th- that was just okay because mm-hmm. I had boobs. Well, right. I remember and that was a thing that if you ooh, had hips, it was like, like a, uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this conversation, oh. I didn't realize it was gonna. I thought there was like a bug. I was like, no, no, no I was just like I'm oh. trying to like wave yeah. away the emotion. No, but I remember again, it's a label, and I wouldn't have. And thank God I got pregnant because I wouldn't have Desi. But I remember. One night became sexually active. We'd already been together for four years. We were 14. So we waited a long time, but still, we were still way too young. Right. But I remember I didn't know. And I was yeah. like, should I get on like birth control? That wasn't like a thing then. Like people didn't really get on. Like, if it was, I didn't control. know. Yeah. And he was like, only sluts get on birth control. And you know, he didn't know either. That was and that he was, was programmed he to was think. He was programmed to think sure. that. Yeah. And then I also remember them saying, this is so weird that this conversation to trigger so many things. <laughs> we're all trying to And um, I remember they said, because I've always had big hips, hips, mm-hmm. hips, you know? And I remember they said, well, you must be having, this is before I was even having sex. And they were like, oh, you and your boyfriend must be having sex because you get hips when you, your that hips get bigger. That even make sense. I know. What the hell? And I, I was, when I worked at the mall, I worked, I was at the Euro girl at the mall. Oh, nice. And I remember the people I worked with were like, oh yeah, you must be. And I was like, no, I'm not. I was like mortified. Yeah. And they were like, yes, you are because you have big hips. Isn't that crazy that your yeah. body type determines like your sexuality yeah, right like, i didn't choose these boobs i didn't choose these boobs to this day like i'd yeah. get rid of them if i could it me <laughs> crazy i mean i've learned to love my body in certain aspects yeah. of that but i hated my body i hated the way that it made people it. think about me mm-hmm. i feel like the guys in high school more treated me like 
just someone they could try to hook up with at night. Like I never tr- was, I felt like I was never truly treated like a girl, like right. just a person. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I was, it was my boobs and body first and then me. Right. And in a very like aggressive, demeaning, surfaced way. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Anyway, so yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard and it sucks because... Like you said, it's something that even to this day triggers you. Like yes. it makes you flustered and like emotional. It. And you're yeah. like, what uh-huh. in the hell? You know, this is almost the same thing. When I was in, I think I was only in fourth grade. I was, last time I would constantly be teased that I stuffed my bra. Because I started my period when I was 10. So yeah. I started early. So I got boobs before my best friend who now is like an F. But like, <laughs> before, she didn't even have any boobs. <laughs> and so girls, and you can ask her, like she, even to this day, will bring it up. Like you were teased so bad that you oh. stuffed and all this. And one day I was in the bathroom and I heard the girls talking about me and I was in the stall. Oh. And they were like, she stuffs. Like, I know she does. I walked out of the bathroom stall and lift, lifted up my shirt. Yes, and girl. Them. I and love it. <laughs> I was like, special. No, for they're real. They're real and they're spectacular. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they did not stop and like flashed them and then like ran out mortified. Like, no, they did. I love it. Now I got no bra because I they disappeared. I don't know what happened. I don't Welcome know if they were nowadays. Yeah, like I have literally fine. But. You know, and then even like this girl, you know, my, this is one something that always has triggered me because this was a huge part of my bullying when I was younger. Around that same grade, this girl, I will not mention her name because she shall not be spoken of. I know who she is. Still making like still make, you don't say it. Yeah, but I would go on the bus every day. Mind you, I'm struggling at home trying to deal with this other stuff that's going oh, yeah. on. And so I was awkward. Like, I didn't, I had a really hard time making friends. She my had, best yeah, friend to this day, network. Mindy, is the only one who ever had my back to this day. Mm. And um, girls, and she even will tell you, like, she's like, people were so mean to you. Like, I would have to defend you when you weren't there because they were just so mean oh, and said mean things. Oh, that hurts my little but heart But I rode on the bus, and I remember every single day, this happened for a couple weeks, this girl would come behind me and walk by and slap me in the back of the head. Like nothing. And then just keep walking. I'd beat the front of the bus because I didn't want to sit in the back because yeah. the cool kids were in the back. Sure, of So I'd sit in the front and then she'd walk in, look at me, and slap me in the back of the head and keep going. And I never did anything. I remember I just sat there and was like, okay, just don't cry. Don't let her see you cry. And I'd run off the bus and go to my mom and I'd fall. And I'd be like, she hit me. So finally, I think after the third or fourth time telling my mom, because it had been happening for a while, but sure. I finally started telling my mom. She was like, look, when you go on the bus tomorrow, if she hits you, I you you warn her. one warning. Yeah. You warn I her. love it. I one warning. This. And you say, if you hit me again, I'm going to hit you back. And so the next day, I don't know why I did it. Because it's super weird. Because again, I was just super awkward at that time. Sure. She did it. And I looked at her and I said, if you hit me again, I'm going to hit you. I remember she looked at me with a little like bratty attitude and, and hit me. And I don't know. I knocked her over. I knocked her out on the floor of the bus, ran off the bus, ran home. I don't think I went to school because I was scared because I was like, what did I just do? It's not awful. Like, she won't No, but her mom came to the bus stop the next day and, like, lost it on me. Of course. You hit my daughter. But, I mean, this girl constantly bullied me. Told me that she was a witch and would fly by my window at night and watch (laughs) me sleep. Oh, my gosh. She's one of those. Watch me sleep. Again, label. Right. Uh Mind you, I didn't even sleep in my room. I slept in my brother's room, so I knew she was lying. So I was like, fire, because I don't even sleep in my room. You know? But things like that, that, again, just that was the beginning of my bullying. And that continued. Because 
I let these girls make fun of me and were so mean And you to buy me. into it. Like, I'm weird and crazy. And right. And so right I just avoided them and I kind of sat in the corner. And again, my best friend started realizing that, you know, the effects it was getting on me. So she started defending me. And that's the only reason like, I literally got through elementary school oh was my because gosh, my best friend was like tall and like could kick ass. And that was Shout like, out the to only the loyal thing. friends out there, man. That are <laughs> right. ride or die no so matter funny. what. It's I have a insane. same story like that on the bus. And yeah. I, I slapped a girl. Same really? Thing. Yeah. I had my backpack on my lap and she's all... Put your backpack on the floor. I'm all, no. She's like, do it. I'm all, no. She's like, put it on the floor. I'm like, no. She's like, wimp. I'm all, okay. She's like, wimp, wimp, wimp. I'm like, shut up, dude. She's like, wimp, wimp, wimp. She's like, I swear to God, I'm going to slap you if you stop. She's like, wimp. And I went, boom. Just slapped her across the face. And she just sat there. And there was applause because she was so annoying. They're all, thank you. Just wimp, wimp, wimp a million times. But I knew he was so awful. But I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Eventually, uh, and I'll tell my kids this. I'll be like, look, don't start the fight, but end if, it. If you don't finish it, then I remember I, I, I told Dad, I remember that specifically. You'll be in more you. trouble if you don't finish it mm-hmm. than if you. But you'll never be in trouble yeah. if you're sticking up for yourself. Exactly. I just told her, bull people like that, and that's still to this day. We all have people in our life who are like that. They're going to their bully mentality. Yeah. They'll get away with it. And, until, and it's their own demons they're fighting, mm-hmm. let's be right. Yep. It's their own But until you stand up to them mm-hmm. and stick it for yourself, boundaries. it's never going to. It's setting a personality. If they can get away with it, they will. Absolutely. Well, and that's with bullying. I think that bullying, kids learn it from somebody. They don't just learn it. They're They're being bullied. They're rejecting some damaged stuff Well, and I even saw this thing the other day that I was reading about bullying because it's such a thing that's learned. And I mean, kids don't just start bullying. You know what I mean? And so I found this thing the other day and it says, the boy you punched in the hall today committed suicide a few minutes ago. The boy you called lame... He has to work every night to support his family. The girl you pushed down the other day, she's being abused at home. That girl you call fat, she's starving herself. The man you made fun of because of his ugly scars, he fought for our country. The boy you made fun of for crying, his mother is dying. You think you know them, but guess what? You don't. And that's mm-hmm. the whole thing with bullying is I was bullied, but nobody had no any idea that I was being bullied at home and what I was through. going through at home. And you don't, you don't know. And so you can't treat people that way. You have to... Treat people like you don't know what's mm-hmm. happening yeah. in their life with respect Just and assuming that love. They, exactly. Yeah. So, Ma, I kind of want you to talk about your labels, like the ones that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. The one, you know, you already said the thing with your sister, but what about kind of the labels that you even to this day deal with because of my trauma that you said you'd vow before? Emma, Val, can you just tell my story? I'm just kidding. Can you like, talk to Yen? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, obviously just obviously I have guilt, you know, that mom guilt, which I think everybody has mom guilt to a certain extent, whether their kids have been sexually abused or not. But you know, the guilt is on another level when your yeah. kids have been, when you don't know it, that's the thing that I, I feel like people ask, I've had that probably question more than I've had anything else is how did you not know, mm-hmm. including by Desi, including sure. by strangers and things mm-hmm. like that. But I didn't know. I didn't right. know if I knew, you know, and oh I always, God. I use it to defend, you know, defend myself, but I'm always like, nobody knew, like, you know, her dad was a police officer detective and he didn't know like none of us knew right. he was that manipulative we knew she sure. was having issues but we thought they were from something else like school or yeah kids or, yeah we didn't know yeah. I had taken her to counseling I did all those things I did all the things that I thought 
it, you know, yeah, sometimes I feel like when you're trying so hard to protect yourself or to be that, or because we'd already been divorced. Mm -hmm. And so because I didn't want my kids to go through another divorce, so it's almost um, the things I was trying to avoid, I was actually ended up happening because sure. I was trying so hard to be like, I don't want them to come from a broken home, so we gotta make this marriage work. Right. Yeah. When, you know, obviously he was doing, he was, you know, he cheated on me, he was drinking, he wouldn't, he didn't really work. So there was obviously in hindsight red so flags. Things, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I never in a million years knew that that was happening, yeah, right? right? But you know, it's one of those labels that I have. Is and so I feel like What's like when label? she came, bad mom, um, guilt. I'm gonna cry. Mm-hmm. You're like Oprah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bad mom or, or failure. I think I, I joke, but because I I use humor to what? Yeah, I never knew that about. I'm so shocked. <laughs> I use humor to like hide sometimes and so I always be like yeah you know I had one job I had one job you try to joke make a joke yeah. about it to right. deal mm-hmm. because my yeah. but like anyone that knew me and I know this anyone that knows me or knew me then knows my kids are my world uh-huh. you know and Desi was like just like you were my you were the only child for a long time you were the first grandchild on both sides you know my first I never wanted to fail I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I never wanted to fail with you guys I had you at you know barely 18 like by mm-hmm. a couple weeks I was so naive yeah like so naive I was just super sheltered I was never the rebel kid I was always really good kid stayed home and I didn't know I remember when I got pregnant I had to go to mom school for the last couple of months I didn't even know that babies drink formula like I didn't know anything just new to yeah. the whole real yeah. world yeah and so she, I was almost probably overly obsessed with you because I you were my entire world and so you know it's not because I wasn't present it was just because I was trying so hard to make your guys' life right mm-hmm. and because he wasn't working I was working so many hours to overcompensate mm-hmm. so it just is crazy because you sometimes you try so hard to like avoid something and then that it yeah that it happens so that's a label that I think I'm always gonna have I think by other people and by myself is mm-hmm. failure bad mom um, and even me I when I hear that, I go defense mode mm-hmm. because I'm like, no, 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 but you don't understand. Like, yeah, I know it seems like, how did she not know? And you know, cause I you didn't know, I get asked in that all the situation time. though either. Right. And especially because back then it wasn't as talked about as it no. is now. Now People it's so it. prevalent. You think everybody's like, yeah, exactly. Now every <laughs> random middle-aged guy, are you a creeper? <laughs> You're talking to my daughter. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Now we're overly Why do you have a van with no kids? Where are the windows to this van? Yeah. No, but for real, like, that back then, it, it wasn't was known. About. And also about. because the abuse didn't happen for several years. So we had already had that foundation where he was normal. And mm-hmm. you guys were, the kids called him dad. And he, he felt like it all started after his mom died. Which was when, which was was when you were eight and a half and Kaden yeah. was yeah, just Yeah, you talked born. about that in mm-hmm. other podcasts. Right. A, yeah, I'm like, it was you, about eight. You started sure. to think if maybe, because he had a very odd relationship. Yeah, and I think he, mom. I think him and his mom had some weird so things going. So that triggered some mm-hmm. things when she had passed. Friends, right. His friends have, you know, told me some things. Yeah. But, you know, without getting too much yeah. into that. But yeah, he yeah. had some weird stuff going on. And I think he was abused. Abuse, hurt people, hurt people. Right. You know? It's about the Bullies are hurt too. Right. And so I think yeah. he started abusing because he was abused, and I don't, I don't know. I can never get into that crazy psychotic mindset. It's hard to but put that's yourself what, yeah. there because it's hard to understand. And then, yeah, especially for me, because I'm like, well, I was abused, but I would never do that. Yeah. Thing, yeah. True. Kind of yeah, no but that's because you so. broke the cycle. Right. You know, like that's one thing. You know, well, that's a whole other thing. So that's what survivors do, though. I think that's the difference between a victim and a survivor. Is survivors mm-hmm. do break the cycle, and they they do evolve. stay victim. Correct. Right. He and always wanted the easy their way out in everything in life. He, right. he was that's how he Drug, was raised. Alcohol. His mom was that way. She was a very mooching off the system. How can I? So he yeah, learned, he learned the easy way out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So basically, I, I think what happened is, this is my opinion, I think that through all those years when everything was good that we all kind of, you kind of just don't, your mind doesn't go there. I would never, no, if not someone would have asked me if this ever could happen to my kids, I would have said, I would have been never. like, my kids never. Yep. This would never happen to my kids. This mm-hmm. is, I remember literally after going in the closet and being like, this is not happening. Like, because I would have to go in the closet and cry because I wouldn't want my kids to hear me. Yeah. And so every night I put them to bed and then I'd go in the closet and like scream in the pillow or cry in the pillow or whatever. Wow. And I would be like, this is not my life. Yeah. How, this this is not what's happening. happening. But anyways, the label. So bad mom. <laughs> This is another really good label, and I'm sure just listening to me talk, you'll understand why, but I definitely get the label of like ADD or flighty or airheadedy because I am very hyper. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts, and a lot of sometimes my brain's faster than my mouth, mm-hmm. and so I get, um, I, I definitely think I have some, maybe some sort of ADD, but I don't. I don't really know. But, but nowadays, everyone does that. Oh, <laughs> my, your kid's a little crazy. Always got ADD. Yeah. He has all everything's this stuff. pegged. Yeah. Everything now. is, yeah. oh, let's, let's medicate. Because let's, we need to label everything. Yeah. Right? Everything's got to be labeled. It has Every to be Adderall for a while, and I stopped taking it because I just didn't like I didn't, personally, didn't notice a difference. Really? Uh-huh. And for a minute, I feel like maybe it did, but I almost was like, was this just because I'm thinking like it's supposed to help me? Yeah. Yeah. So I stopped taking it. Um, my fiance now has, you know, he just doesn't, he's very uncomfortable with any kind of prescription. Okay. And unless I noticed it really, really was helping me. So I decided, you know what, I'm not going to take it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I am who I am, you know, and but I feel everybody like. everybody loves you. Like, that's something that you get. You. It's like, so no, I'm not just saying that to say it. Like, it's, it's one of those endearing qualities. And like, that will be that like, because, whoa, 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 slow down. My favorite <laughs> thing is her and I, and this is probably this entire podcast. If we listen back, this is probably going to be this story and this story. We just bounce around a lot. Oh, yeah, we circle back. I have do, friends good that, at it, but. These are my good friends that can keep up with me. Right. We have like subcategories and we like bounce around different stories and then we, we always bring it back. But, but I think like, a lot of that is again the Hispanic culture though. Because people are like family oh, unions. Oh, same. And you've got 10 you different conversations. you can hear understand like, you know exactly. And our poor white husbands are just I like, know. what's going <laughs> oh, on? Taking my husband, my sweet little Caucasian white <laughs> husband to my first family reunion with all these students. And like it sounds like they're fighting. Yeah. Like he, my, my dad was talking to my uncle, and it sounds and like if you don't He's speak, like, they're, they're like, fighting. are they okay? <laughs> Do they have to punch each other? And I walk over there, and they're like going back and forth, and Derek looks horrified. He's yeah. like, I don't know if I need to break this up. What's about to happen? And I'm like, oh, they're just talking about they're talking about baseball. Yeah, they're He's all, This is normal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's totally we're, true. We're intense, very intense, and yeah. passionate. But, um, and then like, I think you had me write down a couple of labels. So obviously bad mom, failure, those are two big ones that I've given myself and that I understand. And I think I completely understand if someone's labeled it. I get it. If they don't know me, I get why you would, I get it. I, I would be like, how did she not know? How did she not protect her kids? How is she? She's a, she had to have been a bad mom. So mm-hmm. I get that. But I've learned in my life to only worry about the people that know me and that love me and know the story. People that matter. Yeah. People that know you, but know when that you that first came out with this podcast, I did struggle, right? Um, because she didn't talk to me for like four days because I think she needed. To I like wasn't mad at you. I was processing. It. I yeah. knew that, and yes. I knew, and I knew it was going to be hard. And I called her, and she's like, "She's not answering." I actually had have Nick call her because I was like, "You just just make." And sure then she's I just okay. like went off on Nick for like yeah. forty five minutes, and then I was like, "Just make sure she's okay. <laughs> it's okay if she's mad or or." has all these feelings but again i mean this topic is a sensitive topic yes we've all had to survive for so long well now and and the thing is i only i didn't listen to the first one because desi told me not to and 
I'm the kind of person I'm not going to put myself there if I don't have to. I know what happened. I lived it, you know, so I don't want to have to hear it. But the second one I listened to, and even then, what I've had to come to terms with, and and Val, since she's like one of my very best friends and I work with her, so she sees me every day, I struggled. Mm -hmm. I really had a hard time with it. I was pissed off. I was hurt. I was, because I had to come to terms with your memories might not be the same as my memories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Some of the things that you said happened or I felt like, well, she didn't explain the, the context behind it. Sure. Or she, and there's reasons why she did it. And obviously, you know, you can't get into too much, but there's, oh, there was a lot of stuff going on. So I was super frustrated, but now I've come to terms with, you know what, this is her thing. And this is her story. It doesn't matter. This isn't about me. I've had, as a mom, and you have to learn life is, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Not even as a mom, but that's a good, that's a good a thing. Mom is mom, one of them though. It's yeah. Like I remember when I was pregnant <laughs> with death, someone said, you won't have a warm meal for at least a year. And I literally didn't have a warm meal for at least a year, you know, yeah, because no. your kids come first. Kids come first. And even now, you know, if you guys come over and there's, you know, I might still be hungry or whatever, but I'll be like, oh no, you guys can have it. Like that's right. just what you do. Just you what sacrifice. You, do. you put your and, kids first. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had to kind of just, I think it comes with age too. Just put it, be like, you know, I don't care what people think about me. My kids love me. My family loves me. My good friends love me. And if other people want to judge me, that's fine. But if this podcast, and it sounds so cliche and so cheesy, but if it helps one person her no, telling really her story, true. then who am I to sit here and get in my ego and be like, oh, well, that's I was at work when that happened. I wasn't just sitting in the other yeah, room. Yeah, well, everybody, it sounds like I was just like this oblivious and so naive and stupid. Right. And I was really upset about it. And, you know, and but and then I'm just like, this is Deanne, get over it. Well, and I'm going to point out too is I think I mean you had other abuse that happened you yeah. know since she was young and he was abusive as well you know I, like I already explained a couple of incidents in my first episode but he was abusive to you as well and I think because you had to compensate his not working mm-hmm. he was doing drugs he was drinking or whatever he was doing you were trying to make Oh, okay for us. Because well, you, you always think, okay, it, if we have more money, money or if we have buy a house or if I, maybe he'll change if I do this or maybe he'll be better. Right. And I didn't want my kids to have another broken home. And so she, again, worked, so she worked two jobs yeah, but, and was busy and did those things that she had to do to take care of us. But she wasn't when, but when people I think hear the story, they're like, well, she off like drinking and doing drugs or herself. Yeah, where was she at? Speculating. Right. And like, no, no she wasn't. She anything. She was trying to be the opposite of she that. She was trying to hold them and together at to, home. Right. And be yeah. a good mom. And it just ended up backfiring yeah. because of yeah. him. You know what I mean? Well, thank you. I and I think that. you do have this, this beautiful quality about you, which in, in, in certain cases is backfired on you mm-hmm. where you, you just, you see the best in everybody and you hope mm-hmm. and you just expect the best in everybody mm-hmm. and you're just so loving and forgiving and you only see like, the positive qualities mm-hmm. in people to sometimes a fault because I think that you're taken advantage of mm-hmm. and you, you put these blinders for people because you just want to genuinely love them right. and be connected to them. And I think that, um, it's burnt you in the past, but mm-hmm. it's also really had you develop some really amazing friendships because yeah. you really do see the best in people and people feel that from you. Oh, right. That's but great. there are people that are toxic that will take advantage of that. And you yeah. kind of just have to go like, why will I change who I am? Because that person's a ter- person's going to take advantage of me. It sucks. And to put yourself out there like that, but you know, I, it's funny because I feel like Desi's the opposite, which is fine. That's just who she is. She's you earn her friend, and I feel like you're like yeah. that too. I'm a little nothing. Yeah, uh-huh. Desi and I will roll up, man. Yeah, <laughs> like we do what we gotta do. I already know. That's why I don't have to be confrontational. I got you guys. Oh, you guys she knows. Know. Call me. Hey, there's an issue. No, I'm, I'm there, there, mom. She goes, you and Desi. If I ever called you, you would just show up. I yeah. I'm all, I know. Oh, no questions asked. Our boss laugh, jokes and says, if you ever, God forbid, and like, if I ever have, like mm. killed somebody or something, mm. he's like, Val would just be like, where's the body? Let's go hide it. He don't goes, don't well, bring us She would nothing. Questions. But no those questions are, asked. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's it. And then the last thing I was going to say, and then I'll um, 
end my story, but I was gonna say, I feel like sometimes when people know you have that, these kind of toxic people that take advantage of you, mm -hmm. that you let into your life, when you've labeled, you have a sensitive thing that you're labeled, maybe you've labeled yourself or you've shared with that person that you feel a certain way and then that person uses it on you. So I had an yeah. ex-fiance who, when you're vulnerable. I, yeah, I was very vulnerable and I, I, he used to always say, you're just so, you know, when we were like arguing or anything, he'd be like, well, you're just really damaged. Oh, well, you just, you know, you've gone through so much, you're just damaged. No. And I would be like, what? And I, I, for a long time, I was like, am I damaged? Yeah, like, you right. start damaged. to buy into that. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you have to be careful, like, not only labeling yourself, but letting other people label, label you to their advantage. Yep. Mm -hmm. right. yep. And yeah, buying into it, absolutely. So no, I agree. So name the four negative labels Those are the ones like negative. Have. Bad mom, damaged, failure. And then I put ADD, but okay. I think it's kind of, I meant like more airheady. You yeah. know, I get, I get labeled, oh, you know Deanne, ditzy. she's kind of ditzy, she's kind of yeah. an airhead. Yeah. I know? used to get ditzy a lot, ditzy desi was my, <laughs> because I have the same problem with my mom. Squirrel, you know, I have 10 different conversations going on in my head about different topics and then I, you know, I bring them out a little bit at a time and I've yeah. even done that in my episodes, talking about one thing and then I go back Sideways to something. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. bad. Um, but with those four labels that, that you have, can you give me four positive labels to replace Ooh, those labels? Is that going to have to do this Dang. too? Yes. <laughs> so, this is it. So bad mom, mom, I would say turn it around because I would say, I, I what, just good mom, I guess the opposite of it. But I, I would say good mom, mom dedicated mom. Like you're, my mom's a very I would say, dedicated. if I was to turn bad mom around, I would put it by, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Like you guys are saying ride or die. I, like I've, I think my loyal. kids know it. I have their back no matter Absolutely. what. Right. Like they exactly. know, like, you know, when Desi was counseling, every I was day. there every single night. I was there, mm -hmm. you know, if my kids need anything, like I've made sure they have it. Like mm -hmm. whatever, I feel right. like that's, I, I don't know what the word is, loyal, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But and yeah, then I damaged, know. I don't feel like that. I feel like if anything, I'm an overcomer. Right. You know, I've, yeah. I've you know, somehow, I don't even know how, overcame that. When I remember days when I would think, how am I ever going to live through this day? You know, and I would have to de I overcame that and right. now I feel like I look at you guys and I'm gonna cry again. Mm -hmm. I look at you guys and I'm like, gosh, they I must have done something right. Yeah. Because not just me, you know, you you have your dad, you have we have an amazing family, but amazing mm -hmm. support system, but like you know, I take a little, I will take a little bit of that credit because I feel like you were a single mom for so long. You should long. take that. So I don't know how I did it. In the teenage years when I was like crazy and I was, you know, in rehab and having all those times, my mom was there, like you said, every day and she yeah. would basically punch her, like not physically, but emotionally yeah. in therapy, I would just tear her down and she would still keep cutting every day. And didn't, you know, maybe she was angry or upset at home, but she never showed it to me. I knew she would still come That's and still support amazing. me. There's no mm -hmm. parenting manual, too. No. I mean, for every... Especially for something like that. No. You're like, now what do I oh do? Oh, my gosh. It's exactly. hard enough just with mm -hmm. generic kid stuff. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. And I feel like fail that kind of goes with failure, too. Um, you know, nobody's perfect, and I've given myself grace in that, where mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I can only... All I can do is I can't go back and change time. If I could, I... And I don't even know that I would. Like, I yeah. that sounds weird. And that's maybe people are going to say, what? Like, I that's probably, I hear like an, a gasp from the whole audience when I say that. But I just look at my kids now and I'm like, I don't know if they'd be who they are if, if it wasn't if for... they wouldn't have gone through that. And look at, all, and you know, 
Desi's helped so many people mm -hmm. um, because of what she's gone through. And, you know, when she told me just this recently and it like made my heart stop. And I told you this at work that you told me, I know why this happened to me for the first time. I feel like I finally know why this happened to me. Because all, you know, your whole life after something the, like this me, happens to me, why did this happen to yeah, my daughter? Right. Why her? Why yep. her? And then she would say, why me? Why me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, why Mike? Why did my kids have to go through this? And I remember she said, this wasn't that long ago. Do you remember telling me this? And you said, um, I know why this happened to me because I was strong enough to be able to, to handle it. I was strong yeah. enough to overcome it and now I can and help, help other others. people. Yeah. And it was because somebody had messaged you but they had came out and yeah. our family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I don't, it's hard to, I wouldn't have Caden. Like there's just so many things and he's my, my son is like, you know, he's my baby and mm -hmm. I just, I adore all my kids. And then Anthony mm -hmm. is just like so strong and I just feel like there's no way I have the three most amazing kids I think mm -hmm. and I you know and and so I don't know if I could if I would change it yeah. you know no, and then as far as the ADD things I've learned to embrace it yeah <laughs> because <laughs> I you are though like yeah. if you weren't that way then you'd be boring like that makes you your that's like me not being confrontational <laughs> yeah exactly it's freaking not gonna happen yeah. exactly. like, it's just not well, who I, I am that makes me like really fast worker I, I can do a lot like of things multitask, I can multitask right. I'm a recruiter so it you're works. very creative too like, yeah because your yeah. mind's always thinking of like the next yes. thing and I wish I could have like you're always with this new idea new exciting thing whether it's putting together something for your recruiting or like a business <laughs> you are. Your mind's always. Yeah, I like totally. love that because mine isn't. Mine's like, <laughs> like, like mom brain. I'm like, am I even here right now? Like an autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the last thing great. I wanted to say is like labels we put on ourselves too. Like I, one thing I was always so worried about. Um, this is kind of off subject, but Caden, which is his, his we, we we call him something else, but his mm -hmm. Desi's victimizer son, and. I just am so proud of him for not letting himself fall into that label. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it would yeah. be so easy, easy for him to be like, well, I'm his kid or I'm yeah. part of him or I'm him. And I always have told him since he was a little boy and he'd have little breakdowns and sure, you know, every about once every couple months he'd have yeah. a little breakdown. It was sure. really, it was heartbreaking. Around certain, certain like holidays yeah. and things like that. And I'd hard. always tell him you are the best part of me and the best part of him. Like you are the perfect, you are, you are perfectly so you and you are, there's nothing, you know what? He had great things about him, which is why I loved him and why I even ended up marrying him. Right. And I said, because there was good things. He made bad choices. He chose to make mm -hmm. bad decisions. And I'm like, but all the great, amazing things about him and all the great, amazing things, yes, that's you, you, are, you right. know? And I like when Desi just got recently got re-victimized, um, by him, or he tried to re-victimize her. I should say. Yeah. Um, I was so. That'll come the first thing episode, we both. By the way. <laughs> yeah. We came up, and I was just like, my first thing, I was like, oh, I hope Caden's okay. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, of course you and I and everything, but right. I was like, I hope Caden's okay. And when we got here, of course, my kids had rallied. They were already all here before I, I got know, that's here. That's so cool. Within what an 30 amazing. Minutes, I don't know how they. <laughs> I don't either. I was outside talking to my boss, and all of a sudden he comes speeding up. I was like. Where, in, his little, in his little green car. Yeah, in his little car. Oh, all mad. So, I love up. it. And he, yeah. it just like, he never puts himself in that box. Like, he just never has. And so, I think that's a good thing. That's a strength. He's, mm -hmm, yeah. He has not Yeah, but he has so let himself easy fall to fall into that. Label. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's the one thing I'm going to say about my mom to close off hers is like, my, I think that a label that I've always had for my mom, it would be strong. And that's mm -hmm. a super like cliche label, but that's the only way I could do it because mm -hmm. any Thank other you. parent who went through what, oh. what we did would have had a nervous break breakdown uh -huh. and have like been in the hospital and been probably crazy. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Would it be a good grandma or a good mom still? And now, yeah. you know, she's a good stepmom now to kids and she's got an amazing grandma. My kids adore her. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, other people that have been through similar things 
your mom's an alcoholic or their mom's had these other major issues because it's she couldn't handle it. Yep. And my mom never went down. Never that went road. down. Never spiraled. Too. Yes, exactly. Well, I, mean, I had, she had, a, had a, little, a little bit of wild, a little bit of her <laughs> wild days, but it was never like it was more just like whatever. Like everybody and has that. Yeah, that was, well, she didn't have it when she was a teenager. That's why she, she, she had didn't have an opportunity. So she had it later in life. Exactly. So it's okay. Once the call closed down, I had to end that. Yeah. Exactly. But really quick, so Val, I want you to bring into I was not prepared. What were your What are your negatives first? Um, first of all, how I follow that because yours is like so oh, beautiful. Don't follow it. Mine's just like I feel like stupid, but uh, so I guess there you go. Um, I mean, what did I say? Different and weird, so I would say unique, yeah, uh, special. I hate the uh, special, so cheesy, but, but I would say you found yourself true. true to yourself. That yeah. would be instead yeah. of but being I'm like, oh, special, like no one else is. And again, that sounds so cheesy when it comes out, but like I'm so proud of where I came from, and right. I am this little mix of like a lot of Spanish yes. culture. And I'm proud of that. I, I so wish I was better with my Spanish. Like that's one of the things I want to embrace again. Cause I'm so mad that I was, I was so ashamed of that. Right. But I was going to say I used to be Spanish shamed too, with from not it? knowing Spanish. Oh really? They, yeah. I, 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 I feel that because I don't know Spanish. Spanish by your family, come up and be like, "Habla español," and you're like, "Oh no, I'm not English." And then they give you a dirty look. That's why I feel so like my husband's family yeah. because they're all, you know, don't speak English. So, so they come over and I'm awkwardly sitting there. And I'm like, I know I'm brown, but I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> I used to re recite a Menudo songs. Alegre secada y canta con nosotros. But you really had no idea what you're no. saying. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I know. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get rid of that shame because I am really, I really am proud of where you I should be. From. Yeah. I wasn't then. So what? Special, unique. And then it was like the um, different from your LDS thing. Beautiful, enlightened. I know that I'm connected spiritually. I don't have to prove that to anybody. I don't have True to be to a specific religion or anything to prove that. That's kind of, I'm not going to go back into the weeds here, but I feel like people think because I'm not Mormon anymore, I'm like atheist. Yeah. It just, it's like, why does that have to be one extreme, one extreme or the other? Or the other. And then I feel like I'm catch myself trying to explain that. And I'm like, no, that's my heart. It's my soul. It's I'm a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So enlightened, connected. I do. I'm proud to say that I really am, and I don't have to prove yeah. that to anyone. Yeah. Um. I love my big boobs now. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually yeah. What does your husband say? Be boobs and boobs, boobs and bum, boobs and bum, no, boobs. No. boobs and booty. Or yeah. well, he just he's like a caveman. We don't need a <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, you think you'd love that, but don't call me thicker than a snicker dick. Oh, <laughs> take notes, guy. Yes, no, I'm I just know. kidding. If you're listening, Derek. Don't ever follow that again. No, maybe do not relate her to a candy bar. or a Twizzler. <laughs> yeah, a Twizzler maybe. <laughs> um, poor guy. Well, That's okay, it. so really quick, I just want to point out also is I think that the thing with labels too is there are good labels. You mm -hmm. know, labels, we grow, as we grow, we get new labels. We, grow, we get labels as a mom, we get labels as dads, we get labels as someone's husband, someone's wife, we get labeled with our careers, and that's okay. It's the labels that are negative that are attaching to people, the ones that keep them up at night to get us mm -hmm. caught up right. or even the labels that hold you hold you still like you I, can't like in a box i right. actually took some notes too and i on that it's okay, not so just the positive is it gives our brain security it helps us go okay i am a latina christian da, da, da. you know you mm -hmm. can put your single you know you right. put, so it helps us give you security because you know where you fall right so like you know you want to get like you said we fall into these labels so that I think labels have caused a lot of problems in our society. For example, Republican, Democrat. Oh, sure. That's just you one can example. get deep into politics. I am going it. to vote Republican because that's my label, even though I don't agree with it. Or I'm going to vote Democrat because that's my label, even though I don't agree with it. And I think that's it, that's important too. You can be, you know, have a label, but you don't have. To, you still can have a mind of your own. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. So I think that's they definitely have their double-edged sword. You know. That's that's just kind of what I wrote. Well, down. I just want to ask everybody before we close off is. 
I want everybody, when you lay down at night, at the end of the day, do you know who you are, how you feel about yourself inside and out, through and through, all the way to your soul? Or are you just going day by day through the motions of life as you and see you as yourself as people have seen you? and Or do you see yourself as the labels that have been attached to you? So I want everybody to think about that. And if you do go to bed at night having those labels attached to you, figure out like how we just did and words to replace those words and try to live through those. Well, thank you ladies so much for being on my podcast. That was so was cool. Awesome. It was an awesome subject. Good like therapy said, session. Yeah. It's something that everyone can relate to. So if you are listening to this podcast episode, please make sure you share it with your friends because again, everyone can relate it on some level. Um, I just want to remind everybody, my podcast launch is August 10th in Salt Lake City. So if you want to attend, you can follow my Facebook page at Candle in a Dark Room. And that has the link and everything to get the tickets and everything there. Also, follow me on Instagram at Candle in a Dark Room. I appreciate your guys' love and support. And I will talk to you next time. Peace.